Hello again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo, and this is program number 780, 780. If you'd like to have a copy of it, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Just let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. They're both free, including the postage and handling. I don't know how long we'll be able to pay for the postage and handling, but to get them while they're hot, all right, while we can still do that. I'm continuing on, I believe, as so the Lord leads in the book of Proverbs. And I've got some music and letters, but right now let's pray. Father, anoint me as I know you always have. Let everything that is said on this program be directly from your throne, from your spirit. Lord, in Jesus' name, and everyone says amen. Amen. All right, here's a song that I just recorded with the Czech Symphony Orchestra and Choir. This is conducted by H.B. Barnum. Also, it's uh, in his choir called the Life Choir. It's called My Tribute to God Be the Glory. Father God, Praise your holy name, Father God. I thank and praise your holy name. I never knew that you'd choose me in the last days to be the head of a worldwide work of God, preaching the gospel to hundreds of millions of people so that they could be led to glory and they would all give glory to you, Father God. None of the glory goes to me, Father. I give all my love and my praise to you, Father God, be the glory. And I thank you, Father God. How can I say thanks for all the things you have done for me? Things so undeserved yet you give to prove your love for me the voices of a million angels could not express my gratitude all that I am forever hope I owe it all to Thee. God be the glory. Praise you, Father God. Praise you, Father God. To God be the glory. Be the glory to God, be the glory for the things He has done with His blood, He has saved me with His power, He has raised me. 
to God be the glory for the things He has done. Just let me live my life for you, Lord. Let it be pleasing, Lord, to Thee. And should I gain any praise, let it go to Calvary. It is glad He has saved me with His power. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, everybody needs to praise the Lord because it was the Lord that made you out of the dirt of the ground and blew his own breath into you and made you a living soul. And he's the one that made the billions, the billions and billions of different galaxies and uh, universes throughout the entire universe. And it's the Lord that uh, showed us the signs that would be happening just before he comes back to earth again, the signs are here. They're honest. It's time to, uh, if you don't believe that, then read the Bible and you'll see for yourself that the things that he said would be happening have happened. For instance, one of the signs that he said would be happening just before he comes back to earth again is that the Jews would be returned to their homeland. 2,000 years ago, God dispersed the Jews throughout the entire world to different nations because they rejected the Messiah. Not all of them, because the first Christians were Jews. But um, then all your uh, apostles, with the exception of one that I don't really believe was an apostle, uh, which was Luke, he just came and uh, interviewed the rest of the different apostles and got the story together to make a what they call a gospel, uh, which is the gospel of Luke. 
but they um they all uh were with jesus and they all uh were preaching the gospel and they were there they ate with him a lot of people say nobody's seen god so they saw jesus thousands upon thousands of people saw him and they saw that he was crucified on the cross just as the old testament said that he would be uh, for the sins of the world because there was no remission the bible says there's no remission of sin without the shedding of blood but the lord jesus christ did shed his blood uh, they used to use animal sacrifices before Christ came. They were just symbolic of the coming of the Messiah, God uh, coming into the world as a man so that he would have genuine human blood to shed for the sins of the world. All the animal sacrifices were just symbolized, symbolic of, his, uh, of the blood of the Lamb, the Lamb of God. And when Jesus came into the world, he fulfilled the, uh, all the prophecies of himself and gave himself for the sins of the world. Those of us that had sinned, all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But after we become saved, after we're washed in the blood of Jesus, the Bible says that we're not to sin any longer. And if we do, we're not going to spend eternity in heaven, but, but we'll be spending eternity in the lake of fire. And there's so many people that uh, say that they're Christians, but they're really not. Because, like, for instance, many uh, people have been born in churches. Uh, they never really made a decision to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. They were just born here or in other churches, and they never really made the decision. Yes, Lord, I'll come and follow you. But I was, uh, the way I was saved is that I was out in the world. I was a real sinner, real genuine sinner. And uh, something that God could do something with. But the people that are born in churches, a lot of them, uh, nobody, uh, they, they don't really think that they need a Savior. They figure they're in the church and they've got it made. The, most of the people that are pastors, that are real pastors, call them church brats. Uh, they never made a decision. They never became under the fear of the Lord. And the Bible says, God said that he, uh, people uh, that... Uh, will never serve him unless they fear him. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the fear of the Lord is wisdom. And people, unless they fear God, are not going to serve the Lord. They'll go for a while, and then they just backslide, or even the ones in the church never were saved. Never. And you see them when they become 18 years old. A lot of them, they want to see what it's like out in the world, rather than those that are in the world that want to see what it's like to have eternal life uh, to have the spirit of god living in them they just don't think of that sort of thing they're like church brats that's what they are and i reckon that's what they're always going to be because they leave the church and they like to go out and sleep around out in the world and uh, they try to believe that they're really still saved and that god led them out there and, and they got closer to god when they're out in the world this doesn't happen folks they're deceived they knew what the truth was, and then they uh, decided to go the other way, to choose the other route. There's a time that you come to the fork of the road there. It goes one way to the right, which is you choose to serve the Lord. The other one is you just choose to uh, uh, operate outside of the Lord. And everything you just I hear them saying, well, you know, God has a purpose in everything that happens to us. No. You choose what happens to you. 
You made the choice, and that don't call that God leading you that way. Some people, their family took them out of the church. They were nothing in the church themselves because they never were crucified. But when the Lord visited me in an office as a real sinner, I didn't believe that there was a God or that he had could communicate with people. And he came down and shut my ears off and opened my spiritual ears and began talking to my spirit. And uh, he was telling me to stand up in the room and tell everybody in that room, it was an attorney's office with a lot of my friends with me and people that worked for me, and to tell the people in the room that Jesus Christ is coming back to earth again. And at first I thought I was going crazy, so I just uh, tried to get out of my seat, but I couldn't because there was this pressure, this uh, warm feeling on me that took all the strength out of my legs and uh, the rest of my body to get up. And I uh, have been a bodybuilder for many years, almost going on 50 years now. Uh, but uh, I, I was strong and I couldn't get out of my seat. And then the Lord spoke to me again and said, Doubt not. I am the Lord thy God. Stand up on your feet and tell these people in this room about the Lord Jesus Christ, that he's coming back to earth again, or you will surely die. And I thought, uh, this time my mind opened up. At first I thought, God doesn't threaten people. But finally, uh, about a year later, when I opened up the Bible, I saw that God threatened every of his, every one of his prophets, every one of his disciples, and all of his churches. He threatens them that he's going to send their soul to hell unless they repent and begin being fervent, full of zeal, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, and zeal to serve him with fear because they won't fear him. They're laid back. They like to play. And the church brats, they love to play outside. They like to pretend like they're working, and they hardly, they don't do anything that... It really is. I was married to Susie Alamo. She passed away in 82, 1982, April the 8th. And now there is a woman that really had the fear of the Lord on her. She, But she got cancer. She had it for 17 years, and she got so tired from the cancer taking a toll on her that she just couldn't uh, serve the Lord anymore. She just did not want to do it. And there's people whose relatives come to visit them in the church, and they spend all time. They're so zealous when their relatives are with them, but they have no zeal. Married women that don't even give a uh, one ounce of care about that they leave their husband for a week. They sleep with their grandmother and everything, and they don't care if the husband needs anything or not. It doesn't even enter their wicked minds. Uh, and they don't hardly work anyway when the, the, uh, the, their parents or their grandmothers and their grand aunts and their aunts are not here. They're just church tramps, bums. They were forced to come here because their parents came here. And most of them have already fallen away with the exception of this one. She's already fallen away. She lies. She doesn't communicate. She's just uh, another. There's a lot of people like that. And there's some scriptures here that I'd like to tell you before we get back into the book of Proverbs. It's Luke chapter 14, verses 16 through 35. And I have Sharon reading. And I'll make commentary on the way. Jesus is showing them a parable here about people that really don't 
to serve the Lord. And he tells people how much you have to serve the Lord. You have to hate grandmother, mother, father, sister, brother, a wife, husband, your children, everybody. You have to absolutely hate them. And what that means is if you, uh, it'd be better that you hate them than it would be for you to despise the Lord and not serve him. That's what it means. If you're serving the Lord, I mean, yes, you can love all these people by keeping the commandments of the Lord, not leaving God and husband and everything while they're here and just show your devotion to them more than you ever did the Lord or your husband. So this shows that uh, you're dealing with phonies when you see that type of thing happening. So go ahead. Now, this is Jesus talking and start reading from uh, chapter 14, verse 16. A certain man made a great supper and bade many. This is and an invited many people to come to this supper. Jesus is telling, and this is a parable of the marriage supper of the Lamb. He invites everybody to come to the marriage supper of the Lamb. The master is molding people with his hands. He's the potter. We are the clay. People that don't mold up to the way that the hands of the master is... Uh, um, molding the pots, he, uh, we're earthen, uh, we're pots, we're like pots with the Spirit of God in us. But if you won't shape it up to the way that the Master, the Lord God, is shaping you uh, to keep his commandments and do everything that he says, uh, you put somebody more important than God and the things that God tells you to make important, the Word of God, well, then he has the right, because he's the potter, to take that inferior piece of clay and throw it out the window and let it smash to pieces. And that's what it means. He's the potter and we are the clay. We're supposed to be molded the way uh, that his hands, that his word is molding us. And if we don't, you're inferior vessels and you're to be broken to pieces. And he throws you out the window into the trash pile. That's just the way God is. And he explains that and he lets you know what he is, what he's like in advance. And he says, count the cost. Uh, you know, anybody before they build a tower or a house or a building of any kind, they say, okay, now the bricks are going to cost this much. The steel is going to cost this much. And all the air conditioning and heating in the building is going to cost this much. The flooring is going to cost this much. The foundation Everything, the concrete and all that is going, and the rebar and all the things that go in there are going to cost that much. And when we get done, we have to furnish the building with all the different uh, things. We have to make sure that there's enough vents. We count the cost before we build it. Because if you go up one floor and you've got a 20-story building, you haven't got enough money to take care of the expenses of the rest of the building, the amount of uh, things that cost. I've built many houses before and many buildings, and I know... But the cost is, I hire people to put steel buildings up, and uh, I counted the cost before I ever told them because I didn't want to. They told me, well, a building costs so many dollars or a million dollars or whatever, and that's including all, I'd let, make them itemize all the things, the air conditioning and heating, yes, the ceiling, uh, the ducting, the, uh, the slab, and uh, the steel, the roofing, and uh, the ventilation system and all the different things before I pay. Then they say, okay, it's going to cost, say, a million dollars. We opened a gym 
in a place where we reproduce our tapes and everything, that costs over a million dollars. And so I checked. Uh, at that time, we did have quite a bit of money. Uh, and I said, okay, go. Do it. So I bought the building, and I hired the men, and they came over, and they put it together. I don't do anything in a blind way like a bunch of uh, ginzos to a bunch of stupid idiots. They didn't count the cost. Well, it's the same thing when you say you're going to serve the Lord and you make a promise to God, Lord, I'm going to serve you with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength until the day I die. It doesn't make any difference if my parents come and try to take me out of the church or if my uh, any of my loved ones try to. If they try that, well, I hate them. And I let everybody know. I squeal on them. I rat them out. I tell the whole congregation, say, my brother wants me to become... Uh, uh, a something with him or something or other, or he wants me to join the Catholic Church, I tell him, no, you're in that cult and I'm not going, all right? So I don't want to hear from you anymore until you get saved, all right? That's it. And he did get saved because I made that strong stand with him. I hated his way of life. I hated, I didn't hate him. I showed him love by making a strong stand against his way of life, his way of thinking. And therefore, he got saved, and then he died, and now he's in heaven. All right? And that's what I've done with my whole family, and I do with everyone. I tell you what the cost is going to be. You have to you deny yourself. What uh, people have to they hear this so often, it just goes in one of their heads and out the other. Okay? They got, like, two heads. So, uh, and like, one ear and out the other ear, and then in the other ear and out the other ear. If you have any sense of humor, that was a joke, okay? Now I see people smiling. Oh, they know it's a joke now. Now it's okay to smile. All right. So, um, yes, you have to do that. You have to um, count the cost, and then you have to take up a cross. That means you don't do what your family wants. You only do what the Lord wants you to do. Right? Right. Yeah. Right. Otherwise, you're nothing but a church brat. And some church brats sometimes pull out of it. Uh, Susie's daughter was a church brat. She never made a decision to serve the Lord in her life. And when she, her father, which I, I wasn't her father, was a, a Jew named Saul Leibowitz. He was a prize fighter, and then he became a uh, gunsel working for the pipe fitters union. And he'd go and get his check. And whenever there was a, a strike, when these different uh, companies would strike, anyone that would pass the, the line, uh, he would beat them up and actually disfigure them. Uh, Susie didn't have anything to do with him once she found out that he was a gunsel. Uh, a brute, a bigger brute. So finally the Lord showed her and I that we were to be married, and we did get married, and he used to hang around the church uh, outside. He'd stick his head through the window and make faces, and the Lord told Susie that I'm going to destroy him. Well, it wasn't more than just a few days later that he's driving down the highway to pick up his check at the Pipefitters Union, and there was a car that jumped four lanes from the, they were going the opposite direction, and the car was flying at him. He could see the wheels and the chassis 
coming at him and it cut his driver in half. His driver was a Catholic and it smashed uh, Saul Leibowitz, Sue's husband. It bashed his brains in and he had a bunch of cigars in his pocket and they were just shreds of tobacco. And so we went down to the funeral home where he was laying there on a marble slab and Susie started talking to him because she knows that the spirit of people lingers in them for a few minutes after they've been killed or they die. And she says, I told you, Saul, what the Lord told me. He told me that he was going to destroy you. And right now you're laying on a morgue slab. You're dead and you're going to hell and you know it because the Lord showed you that. The Lord did show him that he was going to hell. And, uh, you know, uh, things like this should cause fear to come into the hearts of a bunch of church brats and a bunch of phonies that lie all the time, pretend like they're working harder than anybody else and they're not working at all. And so um, we left there and they buried Saul and uh, the other man, they cut him in half, his torso, half of his body was laying in the back seat and the other one was still with his foot on the gas pedal uh, was uh, that way. And people just think that they're uh, very smart by saying yes and talking nice to me just so they can stay in the church. But I know phony smiles when I see them. And I know phony cliches when I hear them. People forget that I'm almost 74 years old. Next month, September 2008, I'll be 74 years old. And I've known every kind of phony there is. And some of the biggest phonies I know are in churches. They're the biggest phonies that ever lived. And they don't realize it. So here is Jesus talking. And he's telling people what they have to do. And there's hardly anybody that will do this that will put their family down. They don't realize that if you're a true Christian, that your family is your husband or your wife and your children. And that your first duty is to them. First, number one, and the church. Uh, those in the church that are really saved. There are some here, you know. Quite a few of them. Okay, then go ahead and continue reading. A certain man made a great supper and bade many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. Yeah, like the kingdom of heaven uh, is all set for a big supper. Uh, uh, Mary's Supper, some people don't care. They don't have the insurance or the assurance that you're going to heaven. They're, they don't really think about it much anymore because they're what you call gospel-hardened. They've heard the gospel so much, and they've heard the threats, just like uh, Noah used to preach every day. He'd threaten them, you know, there's going to be a big rain come and drown every one of you people if you don't get right. And uh, out of the whole world, and there was uh, probably more than a billion people then, they uh, uh, maybe two or three billion people, they um, didn't pay any attention to him. And when the time came, they wanted to get on the ark, the boat, but they couldn't because God sealed the door shut. And that's what he's doing right now. The ones that show themselves to be phonies, uh, church brats and people that are interested only in their decrepit, broken down families that aren't are broke. They don't have anything. And all they do is talk about, well, you ought to get married. You know, there's lots of boys. If you was back in Puerto Rico, you could have all kinds of boys there. 
you're just real cute and everything like that. And they fall for it and they start getting puffed up and they start prancing around the church like there's somebody when they're nothing but a little midget with a fat face and a fat pimple face, actually. They start abusing people and uh, lying. And she, they don't care whether they lie in front of everybody. There's no embarrassment. They don't have any fear of God or his judgment. Okay, continue on. Verse 18. And they all, with one consent, began to make excuse. Yeah. Oh, there's all the excuses to not serve God. Okay, what? The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. Well, what he doesn't know is that the ground is going to burn up one of these days. Amen? Amen. And milk. Then what? I pray thee, have me excused. Verse 19. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. Yeah, they want to give it up. I was in the middle of a big promotion, and um, this guy uh, was one of the greatest uh, songwriters I've ever known. Everything that he wrote was a hit, and I walked totally away from him because that was the most important thing on my mind is to promote him and make more money than the uh, Brian Epstein made with the Beatles, and I just walked away from him. There's some people that can't walk away from broke, old, decrepit, moldy relatives. They just think there's something else. Well, I have, you know, my relatives are better than yours. My uncle Gordon designed the Nautilus sub, the, the, the first atomic sub in the Polaris sub. And the Polaris sub is the submarine that could go underwater in um, Arctic, in the very, where the icebergs are in uh, Alaska and stay there for a month without surfacing for air. And my dad was the number one artist and dance teacher, the dance coach of Rudolph Valentino, Mae Murray, Paula Negra, Gloria Swanson, all those people. And, uh, you know, my relatives would be better to me, uh, as far as I'm concerned, than they're broke, uh, had never had done anything in their life, uh, relatives, they're nothings. And then all the other people, and my, my uncle Clayton was the art director for Columbia Studios, and motion picture studios, and I just could go on with all the different people in my family that are really something. My brother Danny was uh, the number one disc jockey in Omaha, Nebraska, in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, and uh, I could go on for a long time. Go ahead, what else here? Verse 20, and another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. Yeah, and the wife is probably some whore that's whoring around on him, and that's more important to him than God. Then what? Verse 21. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the street. Yeah, this is the Lord talking. Go out quickly into the street and invite the bums out there, the ones that don't know me. Go ahead. Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. Verse 22. Yeah. People that are broken to pieces. Yeah, the slums. Then what? And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. There's still room. Then what? Verse 23. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in, that my yeah, house... Yeah, don't just ask them or just lightly, like I know some of our people witness on the streets. 
They don't even give a good witness at all. There's no fear of God in them to make sure. They don't realize that God is watching the lukewarm way that they witness to people. They are not of the Lord at all. They're just going out there actually to take a ride to different cities and to enjoy the scenery going there and all. Then they get out and they don't want any trouble, so they don't really compel. Uh, compel means to yeah, really get on their case to come into the church. Then what else? The Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. Yeah, the Lord uh, sent people here to this earth. He sent us here to uh, bring about the kingdom of heaven here on earth. Now, there's a lot of people that believe that they just want to go to heaven. But that's the easiest thing to do. All you need to do is believe on the word of God. In other words, and do what the word of God says with zeal. You can't leave any of those ingredients out. But uh, that's the easy job. Uh, the Lord wants us to bring about the kingdom of heaven here on this earth. He wants us to... Uh, go witnessing and testifying and preach the kingdom of heaven into people's hearts so that the kingdom of heaven comes down to this earth in human vessels that the potter can start molding up with his word and getting them to begin doing the things that the Lord says to do. Not just sitting and playing and uh, riding horses and playing with the kids and talking about the children and you looking at photographs. That's one of the things that bored me more than anything and drove me up a wall is um, some of the members of my family used to just sit around in a drunken stupor and uh, look at these old pictures. They look at, oh, here's old Gordy. Here's a, look at he's out there feeding the chickens and everything. And they didn't have any money. And I figured, I tell them, I said, why don't you start living today? Uh, this was even before I was saved. I was just a little kid. You're just living in the past. I hate scrapbooks. I have several of them with the different things that I've done in my life, but I don't look at them. Other people say, can we see your scrapbook? And I give it to them, but I don't look at scrapbooks. We're not to look back. We're to go forward. Amen? Amen. Okay, then what? Verse 24, for I say unto you, that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Yeah, the, if you were asked to go out, and you've been told over and over and over again, to go out and bring about the kingdom of heaven on earth, that's why the people say, why did God create us? He created us in his image and likeness so he could live in us. He made us like pairs of gloves or something, like one glove, and he can get into us because he fits just like a glove inside of our body. He wants to live in us and continue his work in and through us. He wants to work in us and through us to bring about the kingdom of heaven on earth. He wants us to preach the kingdom of heaven into other people's hearts and souls. Because when people believe the word of God and they repent of their sins and they begin having the fear of the Lord, then they're able to know God. They're able to have him in them and they become completed. If uh, he fills you up with himself, then you're happy. But if he uh, fills you, if you're not filled up with him, you're never happy. That's why a woman wants to get married to a man so she can be complete. She can be filled with him. But the Bible says that we're to be more. Um, 
it's more necessary that we have want to be filled with the Lord than some man. Because so many of these females in churches, they just want to be uh, married so that they can have sex. And a lot of them don't even care. They love to have illicit sex. You know, the Bible never uh, talks about dating. We've had people in this church that have left their mothers and just think of it, you'll have boys and money. Yeah, you won't be crucifying your flesh then, will you? You'll just be going out with boys and having money in your pockets. And you get to drive cars and you have clothes and everything. That's not crucifying your flesh. That's just going along with the world. You're just rolling along with the breeze. Rolling along with the breeze. Everything's just breezy. Well, but that isn't the way the Lord called us. He wanted us to live in us, to bring about. He wants to live in us so that we can be the continuation of his incarnation here on earth so that he can bring down the kingdom of heaven. That's the hard job is to bring down the kingdom of heaven, not to go to heaven. Going to heaven is easy. All you have to do is read what the Lord says to do and do it with zeal. But bringing down the kingdom of heaven is talking to people, compelling them to come into the house of God. And they get angry in your face and you just say, well, you don't want to receive it. So the Bible tells me, God tells me to just shake the dust of my feet off at you. And I'm not going to witness to him anymore because there's six billion or more people on earth now. And I can uh, spend a lot of time with those six billion people. Just that one person you're arguing with, just shake the dust of your feet off of them and get them out of the place. Get away from them because they like to dishearten the people that really are of the Lord. And what it does is it really makes me angry. And when I get angry, I know that God is real and that they are nothing. They're chaff. They're going to be burned. Burned up forever. And they're going to be calling out, trying to think of the name of God, but they won't be able to even think of his name. Okay, they're going to go to hell in the lake of fire, and they're going to stay there. And they can't even breathe down there. There's no air. And they're suffocating forever and burning forever. And then they're going to know. And only then, because they're too stupid, that it was, it would have been much better if they would have served God instead of their stinky relatives. Okay, keep going. Verse 25. And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, Verse 26. If any man come to me, and hate not his father, and mother, and wife, and children, and brethren, and sisters, yea, and his own life also. Brethren means grandmother, grandfather, everybody, in the uncles, aunts, everyone. Then what? Yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Yeah, and if you're not the Lord's disciple, it's for sure you're not going to be living with him in eternity. Then what? Verse 27, And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Right. Well, they're not going to... Uh, they say, well, but I, I'm out of the church now, and my bedroom is pink, and I just, I'm on a pink craze now, and I'm dating boys, and one of them just crushed me because he had sex with me and dumped me. She's going to the lake of fire, and there's no other excuse. This girl heard the true message of the Lord, but she was a church brat. She was born in the church, and then she decided, that, you know, all the stuff that she's hearing. 
she's heard since she was a little girl, and now she's uh, sick and tired of it, and she wants to go out and see what's in the world. And now she's got a crushed heart. All right, now what? Then she's, and they want to come back, but I won't let them back because that would be a terrible testimony to the other people in the church to allow somebody like that to come back. Then what? Verse 28. For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first? A tower, uh, a house, a church, uh, some kind of a building, or anything for that matter. You don't count the cost of how much it's going to cost. From the beginning, the laying of the foundation, to the furniture inside. Then what? Which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost? Whether he Yeah, how much is this going to cost me? Do I have the money or not? Then what? Whether he have sufficient to finish it. Yeah, if I have enough money to finish it. What an embarrassing thing to start a building and then you can't, you run out of cash. You can't uh, bring it up again. Everybody can see I don't have any half-finished buildings in my church. They're all finished. Okay, then what? Verse 29. Lest haply, after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him. Verse 30, saying... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You started something you can't finish, right? You bit off more than you can chew. All right, what else? This man began to build and was not able to finish. Verse 31, Or what king going to make war against another king sitteth not down first and consulteth whether he be able with ten thousand to meet him that cometh against him with twenty thousand? Verse 32, Or else while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassage and desireth conditions. Yeah, if you figure you can't whip him, well then send some emissaries over there and say, look, you know, let's not be angry with each other. Let's uh, make peace. Amen? Amen. Yeah, there's a lot of idiots that don't know that. They just go wading into a situation with a paper hat and a little stick for a sword. little piece of wood. Then what? Verse 33. So likewise, whosoever he be of you, that forsaketh not all that he hath. You have to forsake everything. Because either you're the Lord's or you're, you're going to try to give him one uh, percent of your time or less and you don't really give it with zeal and give 99 percent to family and friends and finding ways that you can get out of work primping all day sleeping for 10 and 12 hours doing your washing and that's not serving the lord amen, amen. You know, when I was in the Navy, we had a full schedule, but we had to wash our clothes and uh, fold them and put them in sea bags and everything else. I was able to do that, and I was in a 4-0 company. I was in the number one company that ever went through the Navy, and I was only 16 years old when I was in the Navy, and I was part of a 4-0 company. That means perfect. And... Um, uh, half of the company was put in 909 Baker, which is what they call the nut house, and 909 Charlie. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, women that say, well, I have washing and ironing and mopping and up the stairs, down the stairs, busy, busy, busy. And these rowdies come into the house and track my house up. And uh, we had to clean our dormitory every morning and every night. 
uh, because they would come in, the chiefs, with a razor blade and try, if they could find any inkling of soap uh, off the shower, and all of us took showers. We had to be A letter one perfect. And if there was any sweat on our uh, foreheads that made the hat dirty or our our uh, white hat uh, and the t-shirt, they had to be perfect. The sea bags all had to be rolled, everything in the sea bag with your name showing with uh, square knots pointing out 45 degree angle. The clothesline had to have everything hung with uh, little uh, ropes with the uh, square knots out with the, the ends uh, tucked under and the bed's made to where you can bounce a 50 cent piece off of it and, and catch it and if it didn't then we wouldn't have been perfect we had to, our shoes had to be shined and without any dust on them i know that i've been uh, living around the people in the church they don't even clean maybe once a month or every two months uh even in prison i've been in prison for the gospel's sake I mean, every morning we get up and start mopping and cleaning everything for inspection. They'd come in and inspect. And at nighttime, we had to clean everything again. And it was cleaned three times a day, morning, afternoon, and evening. Disinfectant because so many people were living in there. And these stinking females today, they won't even lift a finger to dust and to keep things clean and to keep food clean. And it's amazing that they don't die of some dysentery or some evil thing. They're lazy is what it is. There's no zeal in them and there's no fear of the Lord at all. What else? Whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Yeah, I, when I was doing the promotion for this singer, I forsook him. And there was a, uh, a, a bunch of people. Uh, entourage that I had of many people that drove Lincolns and everything. I had six motorcycle police, uh, LAPD, and also a chauffeur for this limousine that I rented from the funeral home to drive us around town. I dropped everything because the fear of the Lord was on me and nothing in this whole world meant anything to me and it still doesn't. And that's why when these different people in this church think that I'm going to Keep them after they are the way they are. They're crazy. I'll walk out of here in nothing flat and go to Israel and be the prophet that the Lord wants me to be. And if you people are not of that same mind, well, then you're not of the Lord. You have to forsake everything and serve God. Then what? Verse 34. Salt is good, but if the salt have lost his savor. Yeah, if you were salty at one time and then you just decided to be not zealous then what wherewith shall it be seasoned then where will you season anybody like the lord said he wants us to have him in us so much that we can bring down the kingdom of heaven into people's hearts and souls and keep them as zealous as i am as the lord was if you have no fear of god you're not gonna do anything you're a slob you're a nothing then what Verse 35, it is neither fit for the land nor yet for the You're not fit for that for sure. Not even for the land, but how much less the kingdom of God are you fit for? Then what else? You're fit for it to be burned and to be cast into hell on the lake of fire. Then what? 
It is neither fit for the land, nor yet for the dunghill, but men cast it out. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Let him hear. Okay. Now, um, uh, being a Christian, you hear this kind of doctrine, being a Christian is not thinking about what you have to do. That's what they say today. No, you have to think about what to do. You have to be led by the Spirit. You have to think about the Holy Spirit. But being Christian is what you must believe that has already been done. That's what the world believes. No, we can't only know what has been done. We have to think of what we have to do. The Lord says we're going to be judged by our works. Amen? Amen. So we have to do something. If we didn't do any work, we just slouched slouch around and put makeup on to cover up your stinking pimples and your blotches on your ugly-looking face. You think that that's going to get you into the kingdom of heaven? No. Good that you say that. So it hasn't already been done for you by the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what they're preaching today, is that Jesus did everything and there's no cross for you to bear. Might Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? No, there is a cross for everyone and there's a cross for you and for me. It is not about what you must accomplish is what they say, but what has already been accomplished. In other words, these people are preaching Satanism, uh, who has been accomplished for us. In other words, don't do anything for the Lord. We're not supposed to do anything at all. Well, I see my uh, time is up. We have just a time for a letter or two. Where's the first one from? From Solomon Islands. The Solomon Islands. Okay, let's hear what they have to say. Dear Pastor Tony Alamo, happy greetings to you and all the staff in your ministries around the world. May the good Lord continue to bless you as you spread the seed of the good news of the kingdom through the members of your church throughout the world. It is a very long time now since I have written you. It is because I left my village and went to see my brother and his family on one of our islands called Chausul. On Monday, April 2nd, 2007, an earthquake measuring 8.1 on the Richter scale hit the Solomon Islands. Following it were three big waves about 10 meters high that hit the shoreline of the western province, killing 52 people and leaving 16,000 homeless. Yeah, these are, uh, these are some of the plagues that are coming down from heaven. The Lord says, this, these are the beginning of sorrows. But the big ones, there's seven big ones in the book that has the seven seals that only Jesus could open up and reveal unto us, and Jesus did that. Uh, those are the ones that are yet to come. You ain't seen nothing yet, kiddo. Okay, then what? My brother and his family were saved but are now homeless. As I stayed with my brother's family, I built them a leaf hut and encouraged them with the word of God. Right, they're homeless because of the fact that they never cared at all uh, about Jesus or doing the work for him or uh, taking up the cross and following him and denying themselves. And now they have to deny themselves. And all you people out in Radio Land are going to have to deny yourself willingly or God's going to come and make you do it by some kind of plague. Okay, then what? 
I also warned them of the great plagues in the future if they don't repent from their sins. I distributed your world newsletter entitled Earthquake. I can honestly say that your message was very powerful and effective. Most of the people are coming back to the Lord and accepting Jesus in their lives. Right, because they're getting a little bit of fear from my trash, from my literature. Okay, what else? Some of them, when they read and study your world newsletter Earthquake, were filled with much fear, and some were even screaming because of the big disasters that are coming on them soon. So they came back to the Lord and gave their hearts to Him and accepted Him in their lives. They came to me even in the middle of the night, or in the morning they rushed to me with tears for counseling. I believe what the Lord has spoken through you are mighty words. I confirmed it in Isaiah chapter 55 verse 11. Pastor Tony Alamo, I will tell you all, I tell you all this because I know you are a man of God who is concerned for God's children. It is very important for my spiritual growth to depend on you and your materials. Also, God is using your materials in a very effective way in winning more souls in this nation for our King Jesus. I am now requesting you to send us Bibles, much world newsletters, tapes, t-shirts, and sweatshirts. That's all I can share with you. I am not able to give or donate any money for your ministry, but I can only give my prayers to God for you and your ministry. May the Lord richly bless you for the good works you've been doing. Thank you. Yours sincerely, Hoffney from Malida Province, Solomon Islands. Okay, your money is not necessary, God, because the fact that I send all these things out free of charge to everybody, uh, he blesses me. He gives me enough money to do that so far, and I believe he's going to continue doing it. All right, now this is time for us to pray. Those of you that want to be saved from the wrath of God, uh, say this prayer. Those of you that uh, don't want to uh, uh, be saved or spared from the wrath of God, you can turn your radios off now because this doesn't apply to you. But those of you that want to uh, be saved uh, from the wrath to come and to be in heaven with the Lord and want to let him live in you to do his work, and uh, to complete his work here on earth and say this prayer. Say, my Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God, not my relatives. And I believe that Jesus died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins. And I believe that you, Father God, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart and I invite you into my heart Father God, Lord Jesus, primarily Jesus, with because you are God, and the Holy Spirit, wash all my former filthy sins, Jesus, away in the precious blood that you shed for me. You will not turn me away. You will save my soul. I know because your word says that all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Therefore, I know that you have heard me, and I know that you have answered me, and I know that I'm saved, and I thank and praise your holy name. Uh, for saving my eternal soul. Praise and thank the Lord. Now, and Sharon, tell everyone in radio, our radio listening audience, how to receive a copy of this CD or an audio, audio tape, number 780-780. Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas, 75505, or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370 or fax to area code 479-782-7406. All right, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo saying, uh, yeah, make sure you tune in tomorrow for another message that for your soul and nobody but you, you have to make a decision to serve the Lord. Don't wait for your buddies or your friends or somebody. Look at them. Look at the Lord and make your decision now in Jesus' name. All right, here's another song that I just recently recorded with the Prague 
Symphony Orchestra and the Live Choir Conducted and Arranged by H.B. Barnum, Angel Band. You know, there's nothing better than to know that you're going to heaven. Praise the Lord. Amen. My latest son is sinking fast. My race is nearly run. My strongest trials now are past. My triumph has begun. Sing it! Thank you. 